research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power by our federal government. My co-host is always Eric Eggers. Eric, how are you? I'm excellent, Peter. You know, it's a, it's a patriotic time here. There's, you know, we're trying to fund the United States government, and apparently we're trying to lift up, you know, we want to be that beacon of democracy, that shining city on a hill, and we're trying to help put together Ukraine. Yeah, so we may not be able to fund our government, but we're certainly going to fund theirs. Uh, that's going to be the discussion today about USAID to Ukraine. And we're going to focus less on the question of military support, which has been much debated on. And, and also quite significant. Yeah, and also it's quite <laughs> significant. But we're going to look at the part that has been largely ignored by the media because there was a very interesting appointment that was made by Joe Biden, got very little media attention, but I think has a lot to say with where our policy towards Ukraine is going. And that that is the appointment of one Penny Pritzker uh, as a U.S. special representative for Ukraine's economic recovery. A lot of people don't realize, yes, we spend a lot of money spending tanks and bullets and things like that to Ukraine. $43 billion to be specific, which is $13 billion more than all of Europe combined. <laughs> yeah, so they're not pulling their 5% weight. 5% of our defense budget. Yeah, 5% of our defense, defense budget. But we also spent, uh, uh, through July, $26 billion in an economic support fund. Uh, which is supposed to go to helping the Ukrainian economy uh, uh, sustain itself during war. And this is a hodgepodge that apparently includes everything from Ukrainian government pensions to a knitting shop. Yes, yeah, 60 Minutes last night profiled a knitting shop and a young woman who uh, the United States government's helping keep her knitting shop uh, up and running. The USAID also helps her find customers overseas. So there's an entire like knit emporium that is <laughs> that we're helping make happen. And I just got to right. tell you, as a younger person, uh, you know, I have slightly different cultural values than you. And so words are violence. And so your <laughs> use of hodgepodge, which is reductive and offensive, and the, the, the tone of voice in which you're suggesting that the money that we're spending is somehow not valuable. You should watch the 60 Minutes piece because you're going to feel a lot better once you see the quality of the Ukrainian knit that we're funding. Yeah, this is like those victory gardens during World War II, right? The, the knitting is what's going to win the war. Uh, but in all seriousness, this is a major problem because we're going to be so taking tens of billions of dollars more uh, to go towards the economic fund. And we thought it'd be interesting to look at Penny Pritzker. Now, she has been tasked, and I want to quote from the official White House statement, uh, she is going to be in, in tasked with mobilizing public and private investment, shaping donor priorities, and working to open export markets and businesses shut down by Russia's br brutal attacks and destruction. Special Representative Pritzker will help the Ukrainian government make reforms needed to strengthen its economy, and Special Representative Pritzker will work with Ukraine to help ensure that as Ukraine begins to rebuild, it rebuilds stronger. So there's that rebuild again, build back better, rebuild. But 
Penny Pritzker is a really interesting choice uh, for this because we have a history with Penny Pritzker and some of the research that we've done. We have a history of documenting her history. And if Peter Schweitzer has a history of documenting your history, it's not the best thing in the world. Uh, I mean, like, like just the, the quote from Secret Empires in which Penny Pritzker has basically a whole chapter. Right. Uh, and this is, you know, one of my least favorite things to do is quote Peter Schweitzer just for lots of reasons. Uh, but but this excerpt from Secret Empires, I thought was really good. The steady intermingling among Pritzker's Department of Commerce, because she was appointed to be the Commerce Secretary in President Obama's second term, not the first term, right? because it was she would have been deemed too controversial. There's a lot of weird right. stuff happening. Right. But by the second term, man, she sailed through 97 to 1 confirmation. She did. And, uh, and then her, her sort of era went this way. Peter Schweitzer described it as the intermingling uh, between her Department of Commerce, the Obama administration in general, and her real estate holdings showed utter contempt for established ethical guidelines, both in magnitude and substance, even by Washington standards. That's Peter Schweitzer's. That's about as aggressive verbally as he gets. And so <laughs> I think if you're going to basically say that she is, you know, she failed to maintain ethical standards. Uh, there's got to be reasons, and she has to have had some questionable business. Yeah, what is she like? I mean, she was Department of Commerce. She came from real estate empire. It's not like she basically used her position as Department of Commerce to make the federal government contract with her own real estate, is it? Oh, she would never. Wait a minute. That's exactly what she did. Uh, and we're going to unpack that. Lots of conflicts of interest. In fact, when she became Commerce Secretary, of course, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the family history. She's one of the heirs to the Hyatt Hotel family fortune. They have extensive commercial real estate manufacturing. But when she became Commerce Secretary, she actually refused to recuse herself from decisions. <laughs> I mean, real baller, you know, just saying, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to recuse myself. And it ended up that she, as Commerce Secretary, was actually uh, paying herself effectively or using taxpayer dollars. The Commerce uh, Department was a tenant uh, to a real estate company that she actually owned large amounts of real estate in. I mean, it sounds like the kind of thing like the mafia would be involved in, which then if you remember that her family, and you talk about this in Secret Empires also, so she comes from the Pritzker family who right. built a real estate empire, including in Chicago, which that's yeah. actually where she met. Barack Obama, she was friends with his buddy, Marty Nesbitt, who's got his own sort of thing in Secret yeah. Empires. But her family built their empire doing business with the mob, uh, including with the Capone syndicate. So she comes. <laughs> so this is not unusual. Yeah. For, but this is the person that we're going to put in Ukraine, because, again, Ukraine. I mean, these are the people that hired Hunter Biden, right? Like, right. The, Highly the, corrupt, the, needless to say, ecosystem. This right. isn't Germany. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. And and this is part of the problem. So let's talk a little bit about the history of of. Um, Pritzker uh, and why we think it's a massive red flag to where all this money is going to be going in Ukraine, uh, because she is the crony of cronies when it comes to merging her commercial activities with the government. And she is going to be bringing that with her, that mindset with her to Ukraine. It's also weird. And we, we didn't mean to do two podcasts in a row on this. But when we saw the announcement that the Clintons are going to hold their yeah. initiative and with the idea of doing stuff for Ukraine, red flag number one, red flag number two, you're putting the Obama Secretary of Commerce. I mean, the Department of Commerce is known affectionately as the Department of Cronyism. Right. And one of the more egregious sort of captains of that ship has been Penny Pritzker. Now she's involved literally in helping to conflate public private investment, essentially opening the door for business for private businesses here in the United States. And so the, that's, it's, she's basically going to be doling out all this money of which there's a steady supply from U.S. taxpayers. Yeah. And needless to say, she, of course, uh, connected to the Hyatt 
it a hotel chain? They have hotels. There's a five-star hotel in Kiev, yeah. yeah so we, we know where they're probably going to be and, staying. And oh, by the way, from an ethical standpoint, so one of the things that, you know, when Russia, why are we even helping Ukraine? Because Russia invaded, right? right. And so everybody's like, oh, Russia bad. We're going to do stuff. We're not going to show the Russian logo on Wimbledon sports anymore, right? right. Like we're doing everything we can to sort of yeah. blackball them. And one of the things that was allegedly going to happen is, well, we're going to take uh, Russian hotels, the Hyatt joined other properties and said, we're going to take Russian hotel properties off of our search on our company website, right? which isn't the same thing as saying we're going <laughs> to shut down the hotel in Moscow. Right. You and, can make a phone call. And, and they haven't shut it yeah. There's lots of others. Like, yeah. the, like Moscow Hyatt's still a thing. There's still lots of, oh, yeah. of Hyatt properties there. And it actually reminds me of what she said because you said she refused to recuse herself from certain things. She also maintained her financial investments in Hyatt as Commerce Secretary. She said she resigned from the board, right. but she kept all her stock. Yeah. No, this this melding of politics and commercial activities, well-known, as you pointed out, uh, Gus Russo in a book called Super Mob about the mafia in Chicago said, and I quote, what is most relevant to the Pritzker role in the super mob is the number of transactions that involve known crime figures, including the Capone syndicate. Pretty definitive statement. In other words, the business empire was built through these crony relationships. She really comes on the scene in the 1990s uh, when uh, she helps take over and become part of the leadership at, at the Hyatt and and the uh, other parts of the business empire. But that's when she meets a guy named Barack Obama, a young up and comer in Chicago. And Obama and his friends, the Nesbits, um, start taking trips every year um, to Waikiki Beach in Hawaii. Remember, as president, he was famous for going to Hawaii. Well, they stayed in very nice terms at Pritzker's Hyatt Regency on Waikiki Beach. Um, and she became a central donor to Obama's political rise from state senator to U.S. senator to president of the United States. Uh, in fact, a local NBC affiliate dubbed Penny Pritzker Obama's sugar mama. She was his uh, finance chair for the 2008 campaign. So she helped raise like all the money. And then she was a bundler in 2012, which is funny that that's like a, a known thing. Yeah, you helped raise me some money. Okay, now you get to have a role in my administration. Right. But that's exactly. what happened. I mean, that's how it works. And that's what happened. Exactly right. But then the, to the point is that she like, she's really good. Her family is really good at making money. They are very good and, at making money. And making money for herself. And so it's maybe not surprising that then she happened to find her personal business benefiting from the agency she was in charge of when she was Commerce Secretary. Yeah, well, exactly right. Now, the other interesting thing about the Pritzner's business empire is, as Forbes magazine uh, puts it, uh, the Pritzner's operate, quote, one of the grandest and most successful tax avoidance schemes ever. Uh, they tr they hide a lot of their assets in trusts in the Bahamas, and those offshore trusts would borrow money for purchases from a bank-type entity called ICA, which was actually owned by Pritzker's trusts themselves. So they're effectively loaning money to themselves because, of course, when you take money as a loan, you don't pay income taxes on it. So you can loan money from yourself uh, as as a means of of getting you know tax deductions, et cetera. But the point here is. Pritzker is allegedly going to be helping Ukraine become more transparent, more open, uh, less corrupt in their commercial activities. They have huge problems in those areas. And you got to wonder if Penny Pritzker is the person to actually do that. Well, here's what you got to give her a credit for having an eye for talent. <laughs> because as you noted, she did you know see Barack Obama and she invested in his ascendancy and obviously that led to the White House. Right. But she had an eye for talent. Uh, well, maybe not her, but the Pritzker family. They also helped launch the business career of another future president of the United States, Donald Trump. 
They did. His first big New York deal, right? They did Commodore Hotel, and then they kind of went in out together with the Pritzkers. And yep. eh, some lawsuits yeah. and some settlements later. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Trump, a real estate deal and a lawsuit? <laughs> but it's just funny. But it just shows you they're willing to do business with anybody. Absolutely. Because that's how business gets done. And they have done business with everybody from Trump to then investing in Obama. And now you're right. But so she's got a very large Rolodex, let's say. Right. And the, and that's where I think some of the things that she's going to be doing and it just it's it's the context I think is concerning and troubling because she gave you know several interviews including one to uh, Pravda the EU and it says all right well what you know what kind of stuff are you going to be doing and she's like well economic recovery is going now housing's being built energy is being invested in and that's what they want to do and they talked about the energy grid and they said well sure so we want it it's a it's kind of third world energy grid but she's like, but maybe it's possible for us to leapfrog into a green energy grid. I was oh, like, oh, yes. that's that's what Ukraine needs, yes. right? Like, no, we need to be making wind turbines and things. Yes. Like, we're, we're recovering from the rubble of Russian invasion, and we're going to emerge as this phoenix of green energy. Yeah, and here's the amazing thing, the shocking thing. I know, brace yourself for it. The Pritzker family actually has a lot of investments no. <laughs> in, in green energy. So we, we know where this is going based on the past. So if you go back in 2013, when she became Commerce Secretary, uh, at literally the same time, she launched a real estate company called Artemis. So she's the Commerce Secretary of the United States, and she says this is a good time to launch a real estate company called Artemis, which, by the way, is going to be located in where? Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. And what are you going to do? You're going to rent real estate to the federal government. And who do you end up becoming a landlord to? A bunch of federal agencies, including the Dom- Commerce Department, which you actually had. And by the way, if w- part of the reason why we're concerned about the idea of what the number one job is, is to increase transparency, mm-hmm. ensure safe handling of taxpayer money, yep. uh, and try to help fight corruption, right? And waste. Let's just say waste. And you know, the Biden administration, the amount of money they're just printing out and handing out. We've got concerns about where that money is going. Green energy money, specifically. Yeah. But back when 2006, her real estate company was leasing to the FBI in Chicago, and the inspector general did a review of that, and they said basically uh, wasted $40 million for the tax dollars because the deal was just so bad and yeah. it wasn't good. So yeah, it's not it's not something she got a great track record on. No, no, no. She does not. Uh, when she was the Commerce Secretary, she also provided lucrative cash grants to companies who happened to be tenants of her real estate company. And in 2015, uh, the Department of Commerce offered $10 million grants uh, for, quote unquote, business development. One of them went to the Clean Energy Trust, which was a trust run by her cousin, <laughs> Nick Pritzker. So family values <laughs> definitely work. And this is the problem. I mean, you look at Ukraine. Ukraine has all these natural resources. They have all these agricultural resources. There are all kinds of commercial opportunities. There is a war going on, but people are going to make money. They always make money during these kind of conditions. And you worry Based on our track record, who's going to be getting these great deals in Ukraine? It sounds like it's going to be her, it's going to be members of her family, and it's going to be political or commercial allies. That's who's going to cash in. Well, and, that, and the reason is, is that because that's easiest to do that. And it's yeah. actually very similar to the Clinton model that we talked about last week. Because like yeah. back then in, in Haiti and elsewhere, hey, there's an emergency. Who do we know that's good at this? And so it's like, this is our <laughs> friends, right? And our friends happen to be people that we make right. money off right. of right. and with. And so like they tend to benefit. It's a, as she used the phrase in a different context, it's a virtuous circle. And so, <laughs> but a but, virtuous circle. But think about this, like just in terms of like Ukraine is the new front of essentially what's happening with the Biden administration green energy policy anyway. Way. Somebody uh, 
I think Representative Fallon from Texas had a, a said, listen, we have some major problems here because the Democrats budget, the Department of Energy budget grown from 45 billion in 2022 to 100 billion in 2023. And just think about that. This is what we're doing domestically with green right, energy. Right. And now we're going to expand it to the Ukrainian front. Also, in one program alone, the Department of Energy needs to distribute $32 million per day. Per day. Per day. Oh, man. To meet a 2026 deadline. And that's cool, except for we haven't hired the people to do it. And so there's been, you know, another inspector general report said there's waste, fraud, and abuse uh, in the financial assistance awards program, the clean energy demonstration projects, the loan program office, and the weatherization assistance program. So the point is, like, we, we don't do a good job of it here. Right. And so now we're like, and it's costing taxpayers billions of dollars. And now we're going to like set up this new front because you can make new money. And here's the difference, at least in the United States, like you have a, a mechanism to shut that down a little bit. That's one of the reasons why the congressional Democrat or the congressional Republicans are saying, listen, I don't know that we want to extend the spending thing. We're going to do this continuing resolution for 30 days, but we have maybe real spending cuts t- to enact here. Uh, in Ukraine, it's more like, oh, what's well, for the Ukrainian people? And Russia's bad. Right. So everything's worth it, right? Right. And you really wonder uh, when you look at what is supposed to be for the Ukrainian people, who's actually going to benefit in this situation? As we've seen in, in, in Haiti with the earthquake relief, a lot of the money ended up going to consultants and to U.S.-based companies. They made most of the money. It didn't trickle down to the Ukrainian people. And that's the fear. The same thing is going to happen here. And Pritzker has had this history of engaging in commercial deals using her government position that would benefit her family. Uh, that's certainly what Hunter Biden did, right? And Joe Biden did. And yet we're going to Ukraine and saying, you guys need to cramp down on corruption. And one of the things that we tell them they have to do is stop allowing sweetheart deals for family members. And yet here comes Penny Pritzker on the heels of Hunter Biden, and we're going to get more of the same. It's, 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 it's amazing to me how there's little self-awareness uh, by these elected officials, by who they're choosing to actually fill these roles, given their histories. And and basically, they don't care. They don't care what the American people think or what's going to be effective. Sadly, it's about feathering their own nest, because who's going to be a major financial backer for Joe Biden uh, in 2024 or whoever the Democratic nominee is going to be? Penny Pritzker. And by the way, when she was Commerce Secretary, she actually went to Ukraine uh as part of the awarding of one of those billion dollars that, that oh. they'd have given to, which again is part of the thing that Joe Biden was withholding from Ukraine <laughs> in exchange for firing the prosecutor that was investigating the company that hired Hunter Biden to get the prosecutor fired. Yeah. So once again, virtuous circle. <laughs> We got to come up with the counterpoint to virtuous circle. Uh, I don't know what it would be, the crony circle or something. But uh, this is one of the things that I think is so disheartening because you want to think in a situation like an earthquake in Haiti, like a war in Ukraine, that it's going to be all hands on deck. Let's do the right thing. Let's actually help the people that are suffering. Uh, that's usually not what happens. Well, so uh, NPR, because, you know, NPR, well, they care, you know, they're winning awards. They're looking at this stuff. And so they actually asked her about this and so the corruption thing. And I think, and I'm interested because as a corruption expert, your response to her answer said, well, let's talk about corruption because Ukraine has long struggled with reputation for corruption. What concerns the U.S. most specifically about corruption in the country there? Right. So (laughs) 
<laughs> what did she say? She, uh, she didn't say Hunter Biden. I'll tell you that. <laughs> she said, listen, Rush, while Russia's war poses an external threat to the country, corruption poses an internal threat to Ukraine's democracy and their sovereignty uh, and their economic resilience, quite frankly. And so the people of Ukraine know this, and they've been very clear about their support for reforms that will increase transparency and good governance. There are things like a need for independent anti-corruption institution, independent courts. Uh, these are things that are essential, and we applaud President Zelensky's own commitment to countering and preventing corruption yikes so, yikes i mean you it's think, already taken care of yeah it's already taken care of but you think in in terms of what she is projecting needs to be done you need to have an independent authority look at corruption we don't have that in the united states we don't have a department <laughs> of justice we don't have a department of justice that is looking independently at these cases you know or uh you know her statement about you know accountability and focus and then you look at her past the fact that her family's uh, business fortune rested in part on their alliance with organized crime and their commercial deals with organized crime and the fact that she has used her government position for the commercial benefit of the family. Who is she to be in a position to lecture the Ukrainians on these very legitimate things? You, you have no moral authority when you send somebody like Penny Pritzker to do this. Joe Biden knows that. He cynically doesn't think it matters. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, this is just going to further corrode the trust that people have in America's government institutions. They're, they're now below 20% for a lot of these government institutions. It's now going to just get worse because it's not even now a question of, you know, normal run of the mill government corruption. You're talking about a war zone and, and yet you're talking about people leading the charge there and engaging in crony behavior in a war zone. Yeah. Think about this, like two, two main concerns for me. Number one, what message does this send to the rest of the world? Yeah. Right. If like, if the person who's, we're putting, like, what are we actually trying to get done in Ukraine? Is this a humanitarian thing or is this a business opportunity? And when you send somebody like Penny Pritzker, it's clearly a business opportunity. The fact that 60 Minutes is giving this like glossy magazine style, look at the Ukrainian knit shop that we're doing. That's so <laughs> wonderful. But that's not really right. what's happening right. because they did a uh, doing business in Ukraine conference in which Penny Pritzker was there. And then the LinkedIn uh, kind of post, the U.S.-Ukraine Business Council posted something about it. And they tagged Penny Prisco. They also tagged and they said, even during war, there's significant economic opportunity and tagged companies like John Deere, City, Cargill, Trimble, uh, American Technologies Network, DHL and Deloitte Consulting, among others. And so here's my, my larger concern is if you're essentially saying, hey, there's a lot of money to make here, mm -hmm. then what incentive does that set up? Right. Like that the longer the war goes on, then the more economic investment opportunity and then more private companies can make money off of it, which suggests that the war, it's good business for the war to keep going on, right? Well, think like, about that's this. jacked up. Think about this. If you're one of these companies or another company and you want to do business in Ukraine, you go to Penny Pritzker and you say, you know, we really want to do business in Ukraine, but, you know, it's a war zone. We have our concerns. What kind of sweeteners can you get from the Ukrainian government? What type of tax credits, what type of tax benefits, what kind of, you know, uh, uh, deals that make it even more profitable for us to do business there? And then think about it this way, where the Ukrainian economy is, who's actually going to pay for those sweetheart deals? U.S. taxpayers, because we're providing tens of billions of dollars in economic relief. And so it's, it's crony capitalism. And what happens? Penny Pritzker becomes the convening authority. She becomes the one now that all these corporations go to to get the cutout deals from the Ukrainian government. And she's in a position to extract them. And the more money we spend on deals for private companies or 
money to just keep Ukraine afloat so that companies want to go there. That's money we don't have to spend on things like social security or paying off the debt, which would in turn lower interest rates. I mean, like, yes, yeah. it's, it's not good. It, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. And there's, you know, kind of trickle down costs that actually affect people in a real way. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of winners, um, from this, uh, they're very wealthy. They're very politically connected and the losers are the people, the people in the United States who are footing the bill with this mass- massive deficit that we have, but also the people of Ukraine. A lot of this is not going to trickle down to actually benefit them. That's the sad reality. I just think it's really hilarious. Like, in addition to funding the knit shop, we bought seeds and fertilizer for Ukrainian farmers. We're covering the salaries of all their first responders. And as we learned last year, the U.S. taxpayer is actually funding the Ukrainian pension program, right? right. Like, we essentially own Ukraine. Right. Right. And we're going to rent it out to our friends. Hey, you know, by the way, Social Security may not be solvent in a few years. But in the, the Ukrainian, United States. <laughs> yeah, but the Ukrainian, Ukrainian pension program is doing just fine, courtesy of the American taxpayer. What an upside down world we live in. Thank you, everybody. That's so generous. <laughs> so generous. <laughs> well, we thank you all for joining us again on this episode of The Drill Down. We always have fun. We always love to hear your comments. So please reach out to us. You can find a lot of the work that we do and research based on the podcast at thedrilldown.com. And you can find the podcast wherever fine podcasts are located. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time.